It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. Zap! With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. We are live. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Listen, your boy, number 117. WrestleMania week wrap-up, a different setup here. Jimmy's in the corner of his shot. No big deal. A little bit. A little bit. Drink, drinking beer. Yes, I am. With a cozy on it because I don't want to show a logo. You're lit very well. Very well. Yes, I am. Now I just should cut to the, to the full shot, and then you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Should, should we do that? Oh, look at that. Melissa look at just that. Out. <laughs> I literally commented and said, who the hell's going to sit next to you, Jimmy? Is she going to be here every week? What, what is this? I guess we're going to find out. I guess we're going to find out, man. Yeah. So it's the new time, 6 o'clock. Today's 6.05. Ran into some last-minute tech issues. Nigel's not going to let that happen next week, though. I'm confident. And uh, we got the nice new set, new lighting. Everything is new. And uh, I want to start with a couple of little things before we get into the wrestling news, Sean. So first first and foremost, just a little thing. Anybody that's a new listener, relax. Anybody that's a new listener knows that I am a collector of the old LJN uh, um, wrestling action figure set. And I told myself that I wasn't going to get sucked in by this, but I did. So I went and bought this, Sean. Ooh, nice. I got the Young Bucks tag team set, which I said I wasn't going to do. And if anybody's interested in this, they're actually... you You should hold that up to your mic. That way we can hear the plastic crinkle. Oh, that's what I should do? That's what what I like. They're actually, like, a pretty decent size. Look look how big those are, man. It's always a good compliment to get. Yeah, they're actually pretty decent. Now, I couldn't help but notice that the box says Young Bucks Tag Team, and the old ones had the WWF logo. So I heard they're doing a whole line. The box tells me maybe they're not. I don't know. But but there you go. Yeah, there you go. I thought that was pretty cool. So... Anybody, again, who might be new to this podcast, uh, back on Listen Your Boy 100, we had an intergender wrestling match, all right? How did that one go, Jimmy? Yeah, we had an intergender wrestling match between, it it consisted of Latina Heat Melissa, right here, against the Ewing Express, Sean Ross Sapp. It was a very entertaining bout. Melissa won by submission. Uh, Nigel worked some magic, too, to, to make it go really, really well. But when I watched that match back, Sean, I thought to myself, it's lacking something, you know? What what was it's it? It's lacking something. It's lacking a lot of things. Explosion. It was I dir- like... I directed that heap of shit. It was lacking a lot of things. It, well, yeah, I mean, we jumped in to try to, you know, make yeah. it better. But it was lacking something, and I thought, man, <laughs> something's missing. What can I do? Then I figured it out. I figured it out. Hit the music, Nigel. I figured out that what I was missing was a belt reveal, Sean. Wow! What I was this missing. Is a surprise! What I was missing was the belt reveal. Mother of God! And so, what I want to do is I want to officially crown Latina Heat <laughs> Melissa. It's me, it's not for you. <laughs> I want to officially crown Melissa the first ever fightful champion. There's the belt right there. Congratulations. That thing is a beauty. First I mean, ever. Beautiful. 
First ever Fightful <laughs> champion. Now, in case anybody can't get a good look, if you can't get a good look at the actual belt, we have a photo of it. Put the belt photo up. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That thing is a work of art. It is I'm beautiful. I'm wearing this to bed every night. Nagel's trying to find the belt shot. He doesn't know where it is. There, there is a <laughs> shot. It's kind of blocked by us a little bit, but there, there is a shot of it right there. So you, anybody, again, that might be new to this podcast, Sean for months would say, <laughs> I want to get a Fightful belt made. He, for months he talked about it. What he didn't know was it was in the works. Yeah. And I designed this, uh, I worked with Melissa, and I worked with our design team in-house, and I worked with the belt maker. My inspiration was the old UFC belt and the old IWGP belt. I wanted uh, silver and gold uh, plates, plate layers. This is what they came up with, man. Look at that. You're going you to be honest. Going to be honest. Had I known... I Probably beat the fuck out of Melissa. Just saying. Oh yeah, you <laughs> probably knock her out. Now, I also want to show you one of the side plates. Uh, put up the picture of the side plate, Nigel. If you have that photo. I do. All right, put that up. Look at that side plate, Sean. Wow. Look at that. Now, see, the thing is, when you, when you were like, I think you had said something like, "Oh, throw a concept at me" or something. That's where I, I got stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, man, that's a lot harder when somebody says figure up a concept than than you would think there's a lot of cool things that you like but i don't think it could have got better than that that thing is is magnificent yeah and i already had the concept so it didn't really matter so i like i said i used the uh, my inspiration was the old ufc belt the old iwgp belt i wanted the silver and, and gold plates i think they did an amazing job and so not only is melissa the first ever fightful champion but here's what we're going to do when we get to 500 Fightful subscribers, oh, uh, fight, I should say Fightful select subscribers, when we get to 500, and we're almost halfway there now, when we get to 500, Sean Ross Sapp will get a rematch for the Fightful <laughs> Championship. I get to kick his ass again. Yeah, yeah. At 500 subscribers, he will get a rematch for the Fightful Championship. So check out FightfulSelect.com. And oh, there boy. you go, man. Look at that beauty, buddy. That is magnificent isn't that nice that is really great yeah i knew you were gonna like that i knew you're gonna so like when that did, when did that come in we've had it for a few weeks oh okay and i'm Man, gonna put incredible one of the young bucks arms let me see maybe i'll just like throw it in there for now <laughs> and maybe the other one we'll just put in there for now so who but, made it uh wildcat made it okay uh and anybody not familiar with them they do most of the wwe belts so they did daniel bryan's environmental belt actually they wrote them down they did daniel bryan's environmental belt they did the nxt uk women's belt the wwe title universal title wwe women's tag team titles ron smackdown tag team titles now, and they here, did ring of honors question. belts actual snaps or velcro jimmy i'm glad you asked I'm glad you asked that question. I contacted Wildcat Belts. Uh -huh. I said, hey, I heard that Seth Rollins' Universal Title's got Velcro on the back. Is that what you guys are doing now? This has snaps, right? Yeah. And I'm a traditionalist, and I like snaps. So I said, is this what you guys are doing now? They said, no, that was all WWE. That's what WWE wow. wanted. Wow. So that's what they said. That's interesting, it's, and it's very, very odd. The yeah, the only Why? thing I can think of, well, the only thing I can think of is maybe they found getting the belt on or off was challenging if you're in the middle of a skirmish or something. But problem with Velcro is like the stitching's going to come out over time, and sure. you know, and it might not stick after a while too. Yeah. So uh, heavy. I don't think that's oh, yeah. old at all. Yeah, it's very heavy. It's mm -hmm. very heavy. Yeah. So they did a great job. Looks that really, really good, man. Looks great. I need some HD 
images of this to post on uh, the Twitter machine. We will get you some. We have lots of photos. Like I said, we've been sitting on this for weeks, and I've been telling these guys, don't say shit about, <laughs> about the Fightful Belt. I've been sitting on this for months because I was now, yeah, this a while. Yeah, ago. this has been the worst for months. Is the 24-7 rule in fact, in effect? Because I might have to hire Elias Theodoru to run in there and just start clocking fools. So first we'll get to 500 select subscribers. Once we get to 500 select subscribers, we will talk about the rules of the rematch. Oh. Until then, she's on the Brock Lesnar schedule. Ooh, that's that's until then. I, of I course, she is means. the heel here. Mm. She is the heel here. She is the one that nobody likes. She oh. is the one that doesn't work nearly as hard as me. So that that is fair. That is well. Fair. There you go. That's what's happening. So somebody asked in our ass. super chat, so we should a- answer it. Is Shawn Michael Sapp the evil twin of SRX? <laughs> so I heard about that. Who called you Shawn Michael Sapp? Some jobber on Bleacher Report who embedded <laughs> one of my jobber. tweets that has my name in the tweet and then put Shawn Michael Sapp. I do throw a nice super kick. I, I'll give myself that. I was going to call you like the Heartbreak back. Kid Shawn Michael Sapp. I was going to do that. There we go. <laughs> you know? So what do you think of the new set, the new look? I like it. Looks good, right? So this is where we'll be doing, what, SummerSlam and NXT wrap-ups for those? It's going to be right up here. Yeah. Right up I here. I like it. It looks good. We actually look like a professional outfit now. Yeah, somewhat. You know? I mean, plus, plus whenever whenever we use the tight shot, your face is a lot smaller, which is positive. Oh, it's not. Wonderful. See, you should put me, Nigel should put me in the middle of the title belt. Like, like I am the centerpiece of this championship. That's That's what should be... That's what should happen here. Stay away from my So he's going to pop in and out whenever he wants. That's what he's going to do. Whenever he wants. My question is, is Nigel like two floors below you all right now? He's right here in front of me. Okay. Because I see all the stuff in the background. I'm thinking, okay, is that the media room or is that? No, that stuff is all not currently being used. So all that stuff is just kind of sitting around. Because there are like any, like people don't know the layout and everything, but the room that you and I film in isn't even the room that you used to film in. That's no. a completely a different room. Different room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And this is yeah. a different room. So everything's good. All right, I guess we should probably talk some wrestling news. Sure. Uh, so I got, I got the list of Jimmy Van here, my, uh, my direct rip off of Chris Jericho. Mania week is done. What stood out for you, good and bad, Sean? Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream ruled. The, the TakeOver show in general ruled. Um, I thought that the Ring of Honor, New Japan show, what didn't quite deliver to the level I thought it would, but the ladder match was incredible. Uh, WrestleMania, Kofi Kingston's moments, what I'm going to remember forever, and the unfortunate happening at the end of the show. But there, it was a happy WrestleMania, and that I like. I, I really enjoyed that. Elsewhere, Killer Cross uh, on the Bloodsport show, great. The WrestleCon Super Show, worth going out of your way to see. Orange Cassidy's show, incredible too. Uh, there was a lot of fun stuff that happened this weekend. Outside of WWE and New Japan, Ring of Honor, it was a weekend of comedy wrestling primarily, but mm-hmm. a lot of good things happened. A lot of fun things happened, and uh, I am very ready for it to be over. Yeah, well, we're not going to go into, into great detail about any of those shows because uh, you already did. We already have, if you go to Fightful.com, if you go to our YouTube, Sean covered every show that happened over WrestleMania week, all of the independent shows, everything. So we're not going to go into great detail. There's only a few things I don't want to touch upon. First off, 16 matches, seven and a half hours. 
a show is never going to be a home run when there are 16 matches, seven and a half hours. I really felt that the, obviously the show was way too long. The crowd was tired. The crowd got flat. Uh, I know that on Sunday night you posted something. You said you didn't care about the talking point of the crowd being flat because you like the matches, which is fair. Problem is, and you'll agree with this, if a crowd is hot, they make an average match good and a good match great. Yeah. Right? When a crowd is flat, they make a great match good and a good match average. Uh, the problem with the show to me was after the Kofi Kingston Dan O'Brien match, which was the highlight from a crowd perspective, they were tired after that. Yeah. And so the Triple H match, which I think had it been earlier in the night, it probably would have gotten a better reaction. Obviously, the main event, if it had happened earlier in the night, would have gotten a better reaction. Uh, way too damn long, man. That was my biggest problem with it. And uh, I know that you were saying you're asking this on uh, social media, and I don't know if you're asking this because there's demand or anything. You're asking about a two-day WrestleMania. Lots of people were, were talking about that. And, I mean, there are, there are pros and cons of it, I'm sure. It would have to replace an NXT TakeOver, so you'd have a couple of those matches on there. But I'm looking to put together the pros and cons of that type of thing. But, man, it. some people would love it. Some people wouldn't love it. I guess for me, my question would be log the logistics. I mean, you've got... That would mean a second night of booking the venue, right? Yeah. Uh, I know New Japan's doing it in January. Are they selling tickets for each night, or do you buy one ticket that covers both shows? I don't know yet. Uh, I'll have to check it. I mean, that's still eight months, nine months away. Yeah, because to me, if you think about things from a, from a logistical standpoint, right? People on the second night are going to claim they were at the first night show when they weren't. Sure. They're going to claim they lost their ticket. Like, I can see that being an absolute nightmare uh, on the second night of the show. Yeah. I can also see being a nightmare in terms of not being able to clean up in time from the first night. Like, I can just see a lot of logistical issues with doing a two-day show. I look at it like, you know what, yes, I understand they have three brands now, four if you include 205 Live. They have a massive roster. They want to get everybody on the show. I don't think you need to get everybody on the show. If you want to yeah. do a five-hour show from, say, 6 o'clock to 11, cool, do a five-hour show. Seven and a half hours, 16 matches, way too long. Way yeah. too long. Well, I mean, look at Barclays. They ran Barclays four out of five nights, and they didn't have any issues with that. And even the crowd was hot on Tuesday. But there, there are a lot of positives and negatives to that the positives your dates probably going to increase substantially uh fatigue from those shows will decrease substantially and it's not complete now here's the thing i say it's not unlike wwe but they haven't done this in 30 years but they did they ran wrestlemania from three venues at one time now wrestlemania was also nowhere near as big as it is now from like a a, a pop culture standpoint in some regards it's it's more of a one-night thing. And a lot of people are saying, well, it's the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl is not two nights. And I'm like, no, it's WrestleMania. It doesn't have to be the Super Bowl of WWE. It can be the WrestleMania of WWE, and they can do whatever the hell they want with it because it's theirs. They don't have to follow what anybody else does. And if Yeah, they can do whatever they want. They can. They can. I, I... And, and if they're, they're going by that notion, the NBA Finals isn't one night. Major League Baseball's World Series isn't one night. Stanley Cup isn't one night. Um not everybody does need to be on the show. And they do have battle royals for that. Everybody can right. be in a damn battle royal. I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would leave it one night, but I guess we'll see how it goes. A couple of things about Mania that I want to touch upon. Uh, first and foremost, the supposed t-shirt controversy. 
Now, this to me was indicative of social media and, and, how, and how with social media sometimes, uh, you guys know this, Nigel and Melissa, you'll have one side or the other of a story. You don't get both sides. Dave Meltzer on Sunday prior to the Daniel Bryan and Kobe Kingston match got shit on hard on social media because WWE on their shop online released the Kofi Kingston shirt early. Uh, somebody released it to, to Dave. Dave retweeted it. Everybody crapped on the same. Thanks very much for the spoiler. Put up the Kofi Kingston shirt so people know what we're talking about, uh, Nigel. There it is. It says there's a new champ. Yes, there is. Uh, and so everybody was crapping on Dave Meltzer for giving away that spoiler. Problem is, again, with social media, two sides to the story. There was also a Daniel Bryan shirt produced that they showed later on in the WrestleMania broadcast. Put up that shirt. It says, and still. Now, I know some people are going to look at that and they're going to say, yeah, but that's different because it says the planet's champion. It doesn't say WWE champion, but it's got the belt over the globe. And so people could construe that. I mean, uh, it's got his damn name at the top of it no that too but like but i i think that they meant to release that not related to the match because it says the planet's champion but i look at it like it's only a spoiler if you only see one side if somebody only saw the daniel bryan shirt they probably thought he was winning yeah so i saw that and i thought not really controversy but people always look at it as a controversy yeah Uh, i personally try to avoid spoilers in that regard during wrestlemania ahead of wrestlemania a lot of people like one of our writers i think it was like maybe 515 and he was like hey this spoiler just came out for mania you don't need to get it and i was like what's the point the show started it's on we we don't need it it's right. we're, we're good right right uh i guess the other thing we'll talk about is the ronda rousey finish yeah so you had a little scoop ski yesterday sean uh, we're yeah, doing this well, in april 10th so tell us the the story and i want to provide some clarity i read somebody else's report who is is a reputable reporter on the show had a lot of information coming in as of sunday night the only information that i had was the finish was not supposed to unfold as it did, and that's true. And that Ronda Rousey was not happy coming through uh, the curtain. Now, she had a broken hand. She had just contributed in messing up a finish at WrestleMania in the main event, and as had the ref. So there were a lot of things she could have been upset about. I don't know. Maybe she thought she left her toaster on or something. I don't know why it was she was in a bad mood or upset, but it, it was that. I find out later that... Everything seemed to be fine with the referee. Rod Zapata, I think, is how you pronounce his name. Uh-huh. He and another ref were taken into a production truck, I think, Monday. Maybe maybe two other refs, but I know at least one. And shown some things that had went wrong, including the WrestleMania finish. Uh, the other was a tag match on Raw, the Gable Rude match. Uh, but Rod Zapata was then fined. His stance on it was Ronda Rousey's matches all have to be laid out. And this one was, too and that he was afraid in that split second that Ronda Rousey would not be able to regain her bearings and find her spot. And Vince McMahon's stance was, well, that's her fault then, not your fault. I kind of side with Vince on this. At at the very least, you wait till the shoulders are down. Yep. I side with Vince McMahon on it for sure. I mean, Charlotte and Becky are there too. It's not like Ronda's there by herself. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I said this on the SmackDown show, you know whose name we've never brought up before? Rod Zapata. So that's probably a pretty good thing. Right. Because if we're talking about a ref, we're not saying, you know what, that ref did a great job in that hour-long gauntlet match where he was out there with uh, no bathroom breaks, no water to drink, nothing like that, running back and forth around the ring. Mm-hmm. We, we don't. That's not something we say on our reviews. Mm-hmm. If, if the referees are brought up, it's usually almost exclusively because something bad happened. Now, I hope this doesn't define him, but you don't count the pin unless the shoulders are down. 
Right. That's it. And um, yeah, I know that uh, Rousey had they, those three had actually scripted that match out. WWE filmed or not? I don't want to say WWE could have been Rousey's team. There was a camera crew filming that, and Rousey went into that match with like 12, 14 stitches in her calf. Right. So, you know what? I uh, I hated the finish. Even if Ronda's shoulders had stayed down for three, I hated the finish. And I can't help but think, and you and I have talked about this off the year, I can't help but think that they've mishandled Becky so poorly, dating back to ever since the Survivor Series. Uh, and, and, you know, WWE's gotten a lot of credit. Oh, they, they listened to the crowd and they pivoted. To a degree, that's true. But I also think that WWE was gifted this organic kind of magical thing where the crowd took to this girl and this girl changed her character, uh, you know, to the point that the crowd was kind of with her, utilized social media and all that. Survivor Series, to me, Sean, was her peak because the Nia Jax punch happened on Raw. She was pulled from the match. The crowd was pissed that she was pulled from the match with Ronda Rousey. That was her peak. Goes into the Rumble, taps out clean to Asuka, which if you were to, um, ever, if you were to ever think, Sean, what's the worst finish that you could do to kill somebody's momentum? Have them lose by submission yeah. clean, right? It's probably it. So then she has that. Then she goes into fast lane where she gets her ass kicked the entire match. Granted, she's supposed to be injured, but she gets her ass kicked the entire match, and she only re-earns the WrestleMania shot because uh, Ronda Rousey runs down deliberately to get uh, Charlotte disqualified to get Becky in. I feel like they have just stifled her momentum ever since Survivor Series. She's not as hot now as she was then. Kofi Kingston has surpassed her in terms of popularity now and in terms sure. of who the crowd is with. And it's a real shame. She could have been this generation's female equivalent of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and she's not. And yeah, it's a shame. I'll reserve judgment on what can happen in the future, but who knows, man. I, equa- I equated her Lacey Evans feud to the Chris Benoit Kane feud or the Daniel Bryan Kane feud. They come off of this hot, big, crowning achievement victory, and it's like, oh, you're, this, is, this is who the follow-up is? Right. This is, this is what you got? Okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought it was a dumb finish anyway. Uh, J5 Mads sent us a super chat. A reminder, guys, uh, submit a super chat. Any donation amount, we'll answer your question. Should EC3 and Nikki Cross go back to NXT? My thoughts are, no, something should be done with them on the main roster. Yeah, if you go back, it's going to kind of be construed as a failure, I think. So they they really can't. It's not their fault, but they they really can't. Uh, I want to talk about Raw. So, uh, you know, back at SummerSlam of last year, they're at the same venue as Raw. They're at Barclays Center. And uh, Charlotte has just backdoored her way into the women's title, kind of screws Becky out of it. Becky attacks her afterwards. The crowd at Barclays Center goes ballistic because, sure. number one, Charlotte was the heel in the story the way it was played out. Number two, it's a smart crowd at Barclays Center and at SummerSlam. And I remember at the time that happened, some pretty renowned wrestling writers were saying, oh, that was a great, great spot to turn Becky babyface. What a great spot that was. Remember you and I in this podcast were talking, saying, I think they meant for that to be a heel turn. Yeah. And then in SmackDown afterwards, she was shitting on the crowd at first and stuff because it was supposed to be a heel turn. WWE was so tone deaf. They did not understand their audience. They didn't really know that what they were doing was not going to work with that audience. They pivoted because they were kind of forced to do it. You go into Raw on Monday night, Sean, you've got not only a smart crowd at Barclays, but you've got a traveling crowd, people that traveled in for WrestleMania week. They decided, let's do a title versus title match in the main oh. event of the show. Then a few minutes in, let's have the bar run out of all tag teams. Let's have Seth Rollins grab the mic, look at Kofi, and say, we'll finish this some other time. How about you and I tag up? 
to take on these guys, and they thought that was going to go over, Sean? There were several people that said to those who made that call, I don't know how this is going to work. Several people, I was told. How? Bad idea. And I I see people that have the balls to cape for this. Uh, They said, well, what would you rather have they done? Almost literally anything else. Almost anything else. Yeah. Almost literally anything else. Nobody thought that somebody was going to win a title. Like, nobody thought the titles were going to be unified. Everybody knew, okay, there's going to be a DQ or count out or something. So you use that moment to either have somebody new run in. I know a lot of guys were talking about Adam Cole or somebody. Either you use that moment to have somebody new run in or you use that moment to have Daniel Bryan runs in because that would make sense. Even have Brock or somebody run in. And instead, they picked the New Day. And with all due respect to the New Day, they're a great tag team. They are a mid-card tag team. Nobody wanted to see that. The Barclays crowd ended up spending the rest of the night not paying attention to the match. They were chanting, we want beach balls. They were were chanting AEW. And WWE has no one to blame but themselves. I I think it is hilarious how many people are upset that they chanted AEW. Like, it, it is so weird, the amount of people that get just so arsed about the fact that there are other companies in the world and then it starts a whole twitter thread by the way a couple of more super chats somebody asks any updates on drew or sasha sasha's on vacation right now has some personal stuff going i'm working to find out more on that because there's nothing i can say right now mm-hmm. uh, drew mcintyre just left in the middle of his match and people there there were people that were on smackdown that were like we don't know what happened but that was immediately right after the show so and he he took off right in the middle of the main event. So, very I'm working to find that out too. Very strange. Well, back to this uh, this raw booking for a second. So before the segment was even over, before the show was even over, Big E, good old Big E, posted this on Twitter. Put that up, Nigel. Sure. Big E said, "Y'all try to feel good all the time," because he heard hmm. the crowd shit all over that segment. It was god awful. And so, uh, I don't know. One more question I have for you, and you already kind of addressed it. Uh, You've talked to certain people at the show. Do you know if anybody uh, tried to push back on that booking? Do you know if Kofi Kingston or Seth Rollins said, this is shit, we can't do this, this isn't going to work? Have you heard anything? Uh, I mean, I know that a lot of people, there were, I don't want to say a lot, several people that said, this, yeah, I don't know how this is going to work type of thing. Like, not saying, oh, not going to do that, don't want to do that, just... I don't know if this is such a hot idea in front of this crowd, but... But they probably didn't say that to the right people. They probably just said it amongst themselves. Correct. Okay, so there's a reason I'm asking that question. If you think about who was the last bonafide, bankable main eventer in WWE, uh, people might say Roman Reigns, but it wasn't. It was John Cena, right? Yeah. And John Cena, uh, he did an interview with Chris Van Vliet, who uh, you know everybody, I think, is familiar with. He did it uh, right before WrestleMania. I want to throw a little clip because I'm making a point with this. So put that little clip up, uh, Nigel. I've worked with so many of our writing team, from the the head writer himself on down to to the the guy on his first day on the job. And they all want to create. But we're also under the constraints of mass amount of content, short amount of time. Mm -hmm. You have to write the segments. They have to come out of the machine because we have to have some structure because we're going live. Yeah. It's up to the talent to take something, no offense, that is shitty and make it good. I have never been handed a written piece of paper that I go, this is great. It's always, how do we turn this shit 
into something that makes sense. I saw that clip and I thought to myself, one reason that Cena's risen to the level that he's risen to is because of his willingness to do that. Uh, and we've seen interviews with a lot of guys. Daniel Bryan always comes to mind in that CM Punk uh, documentary. Yeah. When Daniel Bryan said so many of the guys were just content that to be on TV and content where they're at, that if they ever needed you to some, for something extra, you'd take off and go and hide in catering because that was the mentality of a lot of guys. That's why, to me, I mean, Kofi Kingston's been around for, for over a decade in WWE. Seth Rollins has been around forever. I'd like to know, when they were told, this is the plan for tonight, we're going to do a title-for-title title match and the bar is going to run out, did they say, this is shit? And this is not going to work, and you've got a smart crowd out there, and they're going to crap all over it? Or did they say, okay, sounds good, and then went to each other said, this is shit? That, that is literally a match where you get one person to come in and ruin it. You've got the superstar shakeup next week, so right. one person can go on either brand. If you screw up both men's chances at a championship opportunity— each brand has a top talent with a beef with that guy. If Drew McIntyre ran in to ruin that match, he would have the Raw champion and the SmackDown champion both pissy at him. Right. Normally, that's not the way you get a title shot. But when you piss off, when you when you cost somebody else another title without even having them lose the title, that's a unique scenario in which can create a conflict. And they crapped it down the toilet. Even the fact that it was the bar. Yeah. was rough and they are a very good tag team they're very good yeah, yeah. this was a a dumb tone deaf decision and was met as soon as seth rollins says oh let's have a tag team match the crowd chanted bullshit at oh it. yeah it stupid no and they were dead in the water from that moment on and you could see it on their faces you know they they knew that they were dead in the water uh, a couple other points i want to talk about so clearly obviously the undertaker was in town because he was on Raw. Yeah. Um, it was not a, a really closely guarded secret. That he Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 percent lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He was going to be on that show either. Right. He was standing around backstage in his gear like two hours before the show. So here's my question. He was in town. John Cena in that same interview with Chris Van Vliet. Chris Van Vliet said to him, to his credit, hey, there's rumors that you're going to be Kurt Angle's opponent. And John Cena said straight up, he said, you know what? That would make sense. But he said, that's not what I'm, I'm doing, and I'm doing what I'm told, basically. So my question is, Taker was there. Why the hell didn't they bait and switch? Do Cena, Kurt Angle, do the Elias Taker thing at Mania? The only thing that I've heard as an explanation is that they want to do Taker, Elias at the next Saudi show, and they wanted to wait till after Mania because that's when new programs start. That's all I've heard as a potential explanation. Yeah, uh, Taker is a more valuable entity to them in Saudi Arabia than it is in 
than he is at WrestleMania. I get it. I get it. But they could have started the program at Mania and, and kept sure. the, the crowd happy. I, I read uh, different reports. I, I was looking at like Reddit and different reports from people that were at Mania. And a lot of them said when Baron Corbin came out, people took bathroom and merch stand breaks. Huh? Yeah, like, what do you expect? That's just how <laughs> he, it is. He needs SmackDown bad. He needs a brand where he can have shorter matches, shorter right. promos, and just a different audience. And get rid of that goddamn half Nelson cross face he does to slow matches to a screeching halt. Right. Mother of God. Yep. What I could teach think? Melissa to do that. I had to teach her how to do an ankle lock right <laughs> on the spot. She she could take one look at the, the half Nelson cross face and be like, oh, got it. No, no big deal. You know what? You know what's hilarious about that, though, is I still kicked your ass. <laughs> Sorry, do, do I have to remind you? Who's the current, the fightful champion? <laughs> hey, as soon as we get to 500 fightful select champion. subscribers. Paper champion. Jimmy thinks that this is like some incentive where I'm going to like, I don't know, get into Vince McMahon's emails or something. Like, I can't force people to subscribe. Even even that that paper championship you have oh. in between you two. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, we get to 500, 500 subscribers, you'll get your rematch, man. Well, uh, you know what? You don't have to subscribe to Fightful Select to hear this clip from Triple H, who talked to Andrew Thompson after NXT TakeOver. How you doing? Good. I wanted yep. to ask you about, oh. I have a two-part I'm question great. here for you. I was going to ask about uh, Pete Dunne and then his 685-day reign as NXT, NXT UK champion. Um, could there be a main roster run in the future for Pete Dunne? And was there any consideration of having him hold the belt as he was nearing the two-year mark, which is one month left? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things weigh into the factor. As far as a, a, a Raw, SmackDown, or anything else run, yeah, I mean, that's... He, he will do amazing things with his career. I think, what is Pete now, 20? I have a loose track, what's he, 23? 23, 24, he's just getting started. Um, it's it's amazing how good he is at the age that he's at. And he's another guy that when you look at him starting with us uh, just a couple of years ago, even over there, how good he's become, how much better he is now than he was then. Um, it's awesome to see. But, you know, it's a funny thing when something like this goes down and you say that the moment in time, well, that came to an end, so now where does he go? Like, onward and upward, uh, whether he's back in that title picture, whether he's moves on to a different title picture, it's – I don't know that there's too many people here with a brighter future than him. You know, he, he's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do in this business. We're going to have more articles from our talks with Triple H, but I interviewed tons of people. Joey Janela, Joey Ryan, Phil Baroni, the owner of AIW, Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff, Anthony Bowen, Santino Morella. Tons of people from those shows last week. PCO, RVD, Bully Ray. We've got stuff from a lot of those guys in the coming weeks. Awesome. A couple more things from Raw I want to ask you about. So, you know, Raw every year after Mania, that's when they do a reboot. That's when they change up new stories because they typically finish them at Mania. Obviously, they did this year because they had a lot of babyfaces win, so they kind of wrapped up a lot of programs. We saw uh, Lars Sullivan come back. Good to know that he's doing all right. He yeah. needs to stop the diving headbutt. He stop the like diving headbutt. Side. I don't care. He's still a 300-pound guy coming off the top rope. And if you're going to do that four or five nights a week, uh-uh. 
You're going to feel it eventually. Hogan did a leg drop, Sean. All he did is run off the ropes, go that far off the canvas, and he destroyed his back and his hip. Stop I doing saw, the diving headbutt. I saw a tweet. I don't want to call out the guy because I don't know him personally, but I was like, <laughs> you mentioned Hogan, and I just wanted to bring this up. Somebody was talking about the believability of Joey Ryan's dick flip, and they compared it to Hogan and Kidman in 99, and they're like, Kidman went over Hogan, and I would never believe Hogan would beat him in a fight. And I'm like, Hogan was like 46 and 300 pounds. Kidman was a 195-pound, lean, 25-year-old. I'm taking Billy Kidman in that fist fight. I I don't think that Hulk Hogan is going to have a good sprawl on him. That you mean that that was that was somebody's way of defending the dick flip? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. I don't know. I'm just thinking, man, it's pro wrestling. I've watched Kenny Omega wrestle a ten year old girl and make her look like a million bucks. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so Lars Sullivan. Lacey Evans now is finally in a program. Alexa Bliss is back in the ring. Yeah, Sammy Zayn. Funny thing about Bray Wyatt, Sean, is how many people, at least after Raw, saw that puppet and thought it was a chicken. It was I, not. I, it was not a very distinct-looking puppet. Right, right. But it was obviously supposed to be a buzzard, but yeah, but a Nikita, lot of people thought it looked like a chicken. Nikita Krylov fan compared it to that dinosaur show from the early nineties. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. What was that Look, called again? Dinosaurs was oh. the name of the show. There you go, dinosaurs. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about the superstar superstar uh, shakeup next week. Even though I think we've already seen some teasers. You know, they, they're they're telegraphing it. They're time. telegraphing it. So it looks like so far, Braun Strowman to SmackDown. It looks like Drew McIntyre to SmackDown. There was no AJ Styles. I know he's injured, but there was no AJ Styles. There was no Charlotte. There was no Daniel Bryan. So maybe they're all going to Raw. The Usos dropped the tag belts. So it sounds logical that they're going to go to Raw. Now, when you talk about if the Usos are going to the Raw, to Raw, you can pretty much expect Naomi to go to Raw too. Right, Naomi could go to Raw too. Yep. Now, when you talk about the fresh start aspect of the Superstar Shake, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but the fresh start aspect, I would move Shinsuke Nakamura and or Rusev and Lana to mm-hmm. to uh, Raw. I would move Andrade Cien Almas to Raw, especially I guess if Charlotte goes. Yeah. I would move uh, EC3 to SmackDown. I would move the Revival to SmackDown. I would move Ricochet to one brand, Aleister Black to the other, because I'm sure that after the Superstar Shake, we're not going to have any more jumping around, right? Yeah. So put one on one brand, put one on the other brand. Bailey, Bailey on one brand. Sasha, if she ever returns on the other brand. And uh, lastly, I'd move over to SmackDown. Can you think of anybody else that could use that fresh start? Well, uh, I know that they, they're a lot more willing to keep couples together now. So if Aleister Black goes, then Andrade probably goes too yep. because Zelina is married to Aleister Black. Those are the primary ones. Sanity needs to switch because they're not being used on, on SmackDown. I think Baron Corbin needs to switch too. Awesome. Let's go to Stupid People. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. All right, so once again, uh, after this, go to FIFOSelect.com, and we'll have three more for you, stupid people extended. Another week, Sean, more unbelievability. 
with the stuff oh, yeah? that comes up that's legitimate. It, it, every week, it just never fails to, to shock me. First one reported by the Associated Press on April 7. So there's a woman out of Corp- Corpus Christi, Texas, Sean. Her name is Esmeralda Garza. All right. Hell of a name. Hell of a name. Yeah, Esmeralda Garza. <laughs> Found herself in a bit of a pickle. She had to pay off like a drug. Like physically in a pickle, Jimmy? Okay, we're not at the SRS file. Oh. But she had to pay off a drug debt. And you know that sometimes, you know, drug dealers, you know, they don't fuck around sometimes, right? So she, she, had, she had to pay off a drug debt. What do you think she did, Sean, in order to pay off that drug debt? Mm. Need something to go off, Jimmy. Yeah. I just told you what happened. Like what, what kind of she... drugs are they? Oh. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, Tylenol. I think it's probably... <laughs> Probably something a little harder. Marijuana or was it heroin? They didn't say it. They just said she had to pay off a drug debt. Okay, go ahead and tell me then, Jimmy. She sold her seven-year-old son for $2,500. You know what? Good work if you can get it. Sold him for $2,500. Then the, the way she got caught is that she was in the middle of planning to sell her other two children... I believe she had a, a two-year-old daughter and a three-year-old daughter. Uh, police got wind of it. She's been convicted on three counts of selling or purchasing a child. As well, well she's going to jail for a long time. Six, she's already got six years. She got six years in prison already. That's six it. That's it. Child? That's it. Six years for selling her child. I have concerns. Do you have you ever watched Half Baked? No. Yeah. You have. Oh, so clearly, you know, clearly, <laughs> Melissa has. The, the clearly. Dave Chappelle line: Five years for weed. Like, yeah. she got one more year for selling a kid. Yeah, she sold a kid. Damn. That point, it's worth it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. All right, this next one. This was reported by NBC Connecticut on April 6th. So there is a uh, baseball infield at a high school in Richfield, Connecticut, Sean. And it was soaked after a downpour, and they had a game scheduled. So what did town officials do? They had an underwater aquatic baseball mm-hmm. war. Pretty good. Melissa, what did uh, baseball officials do in that situation? They played basketball. They pay, played basketball on a wet infield. They played Marco Polo. <laughs> uh, they poured 24 gallons of gasoline on the infield and set it on fire to try to dry it quicker. Put up the little video. This was posted no. on Twitter. This was posted on Twitter <laughs> by uh, somebody <laughs> named Amity Norton. It doesn't work like that! <laughs> That's what they did. Uh, the town now, Sean, and I don't know if this is uh, Shelbyville, where, the, where, where they are, but uh, the town now plans to excavate the field by removing contaminated dirt and adding fresh, clean soil to the infield. <laughs> did anybody get arrested? No, because the town did it. Oh, the, sit- the city itself. Yeah, that's right. Town officials came up with it. Something tells me you got a few geniuses that try to make swords in their backyard there. That's very fair. (laughs) Very fair. So they did. 24 gallons, Sean. Man, idiots. They could have played Marco Polo instead they did that. Might have worked out better. Or they could have just played in a little bit of mud. Some of those people probably helped coach those kids. I bet it's... I, I would actually like to watch a baseball game coached by those people. There you go, this last one. This is for the SRS file, and it was reported by Vice.com on March 14. You're going to like this one, Sean. So there's a perfume maker out of Paris. Uh, they a lot of them. them. Okay, well, this is a particular one. They call themselves Etat Libre d'Orange. I'm not French, but I'm trying my best. You did good. 
Thank you. They created a new perfume. <laughs> they created a new perfume, and this new perfume is designed, and I read this from their marketing, it's designed to send you into raptures. It is designed to send you to the pinnacle of sensual pleasure. It's designed to send you to that unique moment when desire triumphs over reason. It is called... Blue Chew. It's called, and again, I'm going to try my best, it's called Se Christians Magnifique, which of course means magnificent secretions. Oh, man. And it is designed, oh, it is designed to feel like bodily fluids attributed to sex, blood, sweat, semen, and saliva. Here's the logo. Oh. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> now. Stone Osborne says jupe. Have you ever smelled that stuff? That is the worst trash. I went on a ever. website. I went on a website called fragrantica.com. They, they gave this scent, Sacred Shens Magnifique, a 1.8 out of 5. <laughs> I read some of the reviews on the site, and here are some of the reviews that were written by people. One guy said, quote, I heard that people from Japan think Westerners stink of butter. This is the best possible iteration of that. <laughs> One guy said, quote, smells like a dustbin at the back of a brothel. Oh. <laughs> How would he know? That's a good question. He's taking a shot. And one guy said, quote, two zombies making love in a dormant kitchen sink full of unwashed dishes. <laughs> it's very specific. Say Christian's magnifique. Look it up if you're interested. Oh, I can't wait. I've got, I've got a couple of friends from France that I, I really want to, to do a deep dive on this one for me. Can they Go find ahead. it in stores? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't do a massive dive into it, to be honest with you. But hey, you can Melissa, take a look. Melissa, do they have a contact us there? Can you get us a sponsorship? I'm not going to do that. All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Hard timer. Brock Lesnar's schedule already. Yeah, she's already there. So is he fighting in August for the UFC heavyweight title? I would think so. That's the plan, right? Yep. Now, they moved the Saudi show up from May to June. That means that he'd be starting his training camp around there. Uh, so I guess he's probably off the Saudi show if, uh, if he's fighting. Hard, hard to say. I know that if he was, uh, if that show was in May, he would be a lot more likely. They had to move it right. from before Ramadan to after Ramadan because they're not going to have a show right, right in the middle of it. But, right, right. Um, I mean, for any number of reasons. But, yeah, I expect to see Brock Lesnar fighting in the UFC this summer. It's far from confirmed. And with Brock Lesnar... It's never sure until it happens for any number of reasons. Vince McMahon's wallet, USADA test, et cetera, et cetera. Very true, yep. Uh, Brett Hart, I heard that you got crapped on a little bit because you reported the name ah, of the guy that attacked him. Ah, Melissa, how'd that traffic do? <laughs> it did pretty well. How'd that traffic do? <laughs> ah! And let's be honest, like, because the argument some people had was, oh, you're giving him attention by saying his name. It was news. The guy got arrested. He was charged with assault. It was news. My family and, I mean, my wife works with people with special needs. My mother has worked with people who uh, require psychiatric care. And quite frankly, a lot of times the family has no clue until their name pops up in the news, until they've been arrested, yeah. until something tragic happens. This guy, I had people from his personal life contacting me. Right. There was any number of stuff that I heard that I didn't put out there because it wasn't pertinent. Him being an MMA fighter was very pertinent to our website. 
Uh, it was pertinent to the fact that he assaulted a man, mm-hmm. as well as his prior arrest, uh, one for a stalking-related charge, was very important to this situation. Mm-hmm. Including, You know what I didn't do? I didn't post his social media up there. I didn't find that pertinent. I didn't find it necessary for people to go to his Twitter right. and seek out his tweets. That was not pertinent. However, um, his prior behavior, when that started and some of that, yeah, I did think it was. And a lot of people were like, Oh, you're glorifying him. This also was not a mass murderer. This mm-hmm. was a guy who tackled a guy at the Hall of Fame. Exactly. There were, there were also a lot of people that were like, oh, they took it too hard on him. And then I'm saying, <laughs> look, a, a tennis player got stabbed repeatedly in the early 90s. Uh, Monica Sellis, man, you can never be too careful with stuff like that. I hope the guy gets the help he needs and he, quite frankly, stays the hell away from WWE. I heard he bonded out already, but he's he's yeah. uh, he's got to face a sentence, so... You know, we'll see how that goes. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Tori Wilson real quick. Uh, I haven't seen the whole Hall of Fame yet. Mm-hmm. I had a wedding last weekend, so I haven't seen a lot of stuff yet. But I did see Tori Wilson's speech. I got nothing to respect for the poison grace she showed. Uh, in case you guys don't know, Tori Wilson was inducted on Saturday into the Hall of Fame. Her dad died two days earlier. Oh, God. Uh, tragic. And, and yet she still did the Hall of Fame, and I thought she was all class in doing that. Uh, and I thought her speech was one of the better ones on the night. So had a great speech. Yes. Yeah. Nothing but respect for her. Good to see Stacy Keeler. She looked amazing. Exactly yeah. the same than, than uh, when she was there before. Uh, one other thing about Saturday night. So Saturday night, I'm at this wedding, and I'm not going to lie. I was not exactly 100% cognizant. You gave it to peer pressure, Jimmy. And, oh, I don't give it to peer pressure. I did it. I did it out of respect for people. I drank more than there I should go. have, and uh, I get a text message from Sean Rossap. <laughs> And Sean Ross Sapp says, Angelina loved to Ring of Honor because he knows that I know her from back in the day. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I look into things a little bit when I have the time, and I find out that not only does Angelina love, uh, did she go to Ring of Honor, and she was on the G1 Supercard show at MSG. Well, well, well the first thing you did, you woke up the next day and said, man, I must have got real hammered because I could have sworn <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp said Angelina Love and Velvet Sky were in Ring of Honor. Fine. Velvet Sky too. Velvet Sky too. Yeah. But also Enzo and Cast did a run-in. Uh, and, and Sean and I talked, and uh, so I'll, I'll ask you, I want to ask you kind of what you've heard, because you got your finger on the pulse a little bit. So <laughs> the U.S., the Ring of Honor has long been known as the U.S. New Japan to a degree, and that they're known for their in-ring product, yeah. as, a, as opposed to their gimmicky storylines. They've always been known as the strong in-ring product, clean finishes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and now what do they do? They bring in Angelina, they bring in Velvet Sky, they bring in Enzo and Cass, goes against, you know, kind of contradicts what they've done before. And to me, the biggest issue, and I mean no disrespect, but to me, the biggest issue is in 2019, you're giving that much influence to Bully Ray because he was the one responsible for all of them getting in. To me, that is more problematic than anything. But what are you hearing about this whole situation? And uh, what has the feedback been to this? I am filing a report on this soon. I've been working on it, honestly, for a week and a half, talking to people and figuring this stuff out there there is a shift in ring of honor there is a big shift in ring of honor and i know that a lot of the new japan wrestlers in particular were not happy about enzo and Cass being involved and some of them weren't even clued in really uh, oh really weren't even clued in uh, do but, you th- do hey, you think i'll that- say this uh enzo had a very long line at wrestlecon and i heard he was very very good to deal with i heard he was a pleasure to deal with there I mean, I'm cool with second chances. I mean, has he, has he kind of looked like a desperate idiot with the stuff he's done? Yeah. I'm cool with second chances. He could be a great chicken shit heel. 
You know what I mean? I mean, that's he, what he would be. He's different than anybody else there, and he yeah. can talk. He can talk his ass off. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, also, Corey Roberson on the super chat says, "Digging the new threads." Hey, I like the setup too. It looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. We're gonna work on more backdrops. We're gonna try to center my chair for next week. Yeah, that's. Good. I, but, I know this yeah, isn't. It's bugging yeah. the hell out of me. It's bugging I'm, me too. I know. I keep. I keep wrestling. on turning. I keep turning. I know this isn't wrestling related, Jimmy. What did you think of TJ Dillashaw popping for EPO? I mean, to me, as soon as he relinquished his title, that was guilt. I mean, he basically admitted guilt. Unlike John Jones, who said, oh, no, 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 I, you know, it, it must be a tainted supplement and I'll get to the bottom of it. Dillashaw relinquished his title. He knew he was wrong. And so two years is two years. It's tough. He's in the prime of his career, man. You're familiar with John Lineker, obviously, right? I know the name. Somebody just brought up a good point. The only two people that have beaten him in the last seven years have popped for EPO. So there, there are these fighters who have had their title hopes derailed by guys like that. I know that EPO. Yeah, I, I don't want to turn this into an MMA podcast, but I, I know that Garbrett complained because he trained with Dillashaw. Yeah, and he complained saying, "I was at the same training facility. I sparred with him. I know damn well what he was doing." And so he's yeah. always, he has always been very adamant that T.J. Dillashaw was on a plethora of stuff. Oh, yeah. So it is what it I, is. He's going to serve his time. We had a former Fightful contributor, <laughs> Justin Golightly, who had said, yeah, maybe doing bro science on a bicycle in some dude's garage to get down to corpse weight and fight uh, Henry Cejudo isn't the best idea after all. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. I want to talk about Matt Riddle. And, uh, Why? Who'd he ever beat? Yeah, you know what? Maybe we're a little biased, Sean. Matt really used to uh, work for this website. Maybe we're a little biased. I had seen his matches outside of NXT. I saw his match with Velveteen Dream at TakeOver. It's one of the only matches I've seen so far, as a matter of fact. Matt Riddle is something special. Uh, you talk about a guy who can do it all. It kind of reminds me of like a Shawn Michaels or a Kurt Angle. He can do, he can, well, he can. Does it remind you of a Shawn Michaels sap? <laughs> I mean. Not quite. <laughs> But uh, but well, I mean, I can't can, drink a full gallon of milk. I can guarantee you that. I saw that. I saw that. But he can he can grapple. He can chain wrestle. He can do counter wrestling. Did you see the power on the belly to back on the rope, Sean? Yeah, I thought I thought Velveteen Dream was dead. Honestly, that was the one of the one times where I thought that the camera zoom benefited mm-hmm. WWE because I thought Velveteen Dream was cooked. That was a great performance and a great match. He. He not to it, mention, man. not to mention the corkscrew moonsault off the top rope. Yeah, it was the corkscrew senton. Yeah. Sorry, whatever. He can do it all. the The only the only uh, weakness he has is his promos. Uh, and if I was WWE, especially if they're going to push him seriously as a main eventer, I'd probably get him a mouthpiece because how long yeah. can you hear bro? You know what I'm saying? But uh, he is something special. He's going to be something big on the main roster. I really, as a fan, hope that Brock Lesnar continues in WWE and that we see Brock Lesnar, Matt Riddle. Because I think Matt Riddle can German suplex Brock Lesnar, man. Oh, I said that the, the person who should have sent Matt Riddle packing, or sent Lesnar packing, was Matt Riddle. Lesnar could have came out the next night on Raw and Matt Riddle just show up Maybe throw a few pant shitter kicks, a few liver kicks, <laughs> right in the diverticuli, I believe is the, the precise uh, physical term for it. And then Brock comes back at SummerSlam, and you have that match. That is a marquee, well, maybe not SummerSlam, whenever he's done, right. that's a marquee match. But he, he's still got some time in NXT, but 
He was taking advantage of that catering, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He uh, he enjoyed the milk. Yeah, I used Lots to host. Of milk. I, I well used to host. Like there were more than <laughs> two. We had a local gallon challenge. Have you ever seen one of those, Jim? No, but I've heard that if you, I've heard that if you drink too much milk, you can die or get very very sick. Well, I believe. Yeah, I believed some of these people were going to die because yeah. they all they all had different strategies, and nobody ever completed the gallon challenge yeah. that I saw. Natural selection. I uh, I had a few more things. I had a few more things for uh, the list today, but uh, our time is up. So I want to say a couple of things very very quickly. Number one, as we know, in October, AWA is going to be launching. AEW, I should say, is going to be like, launching. God damn. <laughs> no, AEW, they're going to be launching live weekly television. Uh, given that, I thought it was very interesting that WWE posted this job ad. Put it up for a second, Nigel. <laughs> WWE is looking for a continuity slash script supervisor. And some of the key responsibilities include maintain and oversee weekly, quote, continuity documents, proofread all drafts and scripts, assure all stories, graphics, and transitions are brought forward for all shows, nothing is overlooked. And they made a point at the very bottom, which you can't see on this graphic, of saying not a writing position will not be pitching creative. So they essentially are looking for somebody to make sure that their shit makes more sense, Sean. <laughs> yeah, it's, That's it's got to be a positive. Yeah, I would hope so. When, when can be. they start? They need to start like a year and a half ago, or, or maybe better yet, like 12 years, 15 yeah, that, that, years that's ago. That's the thing. They're going to have to be very familiar with the product as is. So yes. Yes. I think it's a good thing. They need people to do that. Uh, also, when do I book my tickets to Minnesota for this AWA revival, Jimmy? <laughs> you know, the AWA is a bit of a, of a sore spot for me. That was a slip of the tongue, and we're not talking about that again. One <laughs> other little thing. Crockett Cup, April 27, the Rock and Roll Express in the Briscoes? Rock and Roll Express had an interesting show. How is that possible? They, they wrestled LAX this weekend, and Ricky Morton did a Canadian Destroyer, which I think is perfect. I saw it. With all due respect, we know who does the work on that move. With all due yes. respect to Ricky Morton. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that the Rock and Roll Express are going to work the Briscoes, that's nuts. I want to see that just for that. I, I like Crockett it. Cup. Uh, I like what... NWA did here. They got an ROH team in the Briscoes. They got yes. a legendary team in Rock and Roll Express. Uh, New Japan team, Kojima and Nagata. And they got uh, NWA team, Crimson and Jax Dane. I thought that was smart. They wanted to have one from every company. WWE, NXT. They have uh, CMLL. Impact. They have CMLL yes. in Mexico, they got too. CMLL, too. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was very good. Make the best out of what you have. And considering how crowded things are getting in wrestling, it's like... How- how can they make it work? They made it work. I like it. Um, I do, too. I do, too. You going to Vegas, them. Jimmy? <laughs> I'll let you know. I, ha- I told you I have to go to Florida, like, the week before. Yeah, but, yeah, but. I'll are going to be there. Come, I know you're going to be there. Las Vegas, they Jimmy. a chaperone, Jimmy. Bring that championship with you. Oh, I'm not. Give it to me. I'm not bringing the championship. Do it. Pull a 2003 Triple H. Melissa can't cut it. Just give it to me. So what I might do when you come up in August, Sean, if we don't have 500 subs by then so you don't get your match, in August for like maybe 20 bucks a pop, I'll let you take pictures with it. Okay, cool. 20 bucks a pop. That's assuming he yeah. actually manages to get on a plane and come If he manages it. to actually get here. Yeah. Yeah, that's there true. You go. I mean, there you go. We got through the first show, man. Congratulations. I like the new setup. Uh, I might have some changes coming soon, too. Uh, but, yeah, I like it. I think it's different. It's mm-hmm. neat. Nigel did an awesome now, job. Now, Nigel. Yes, he did. Let and i got to tell you, 
Sean, well, I got to tell you for a second. Sorry to cut you out, but I got to tell you, Nigel has been busting his ass this week. Oh yeah. Because yes. he had to, he had to set up all this equipment. Then yesterday we got acoustic panels put on the ceiling. They required him to unplug and move everything oh, no. so that they could put them in. Then he had to put everything back in. Plus he's doing his day job. Plus he knows that I'm on him to get this stuff ready. Yeah. He's been busting his ass. Got it done. Does. Yes, you did. Worked out really Nigel well. Nigel did great. Thank yes, you, Nigel. Did. Now, Nigel, what I want to know is, is there a way to superimpose my entire shot onto the green screen behind Jimmy? I actually asked there that is. as well. There is. Why, is. why am I not overlooking because everybody your head is like I'm Shao? Already, Sean. I want to be like Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat 2 and just like oh, look I'm over them. No, no, before, before, <laughs> no. You, before you do that, before Nigel does that, I just want to say one thing first. Until next time, we're out. How dare you! <laughs> Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.